0: Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants and bookkeepers using cloud technology to make their jobs more strategic and impactful. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. So David, you blew my mind this morning. I had I just rode in on my bike to work. I'm still sweaty. I haven't changed yet. I hop on this recording session and you give me this amazing news, which I didn't even hear about because uh, I was at a networking event last night. And then uh, went home, went to bed, and well, you I feel just... like
1: you're Rip Van Winkle. Like you, you were on <laughs> vacation for a week, and now you like. I, it's like I woke you up. I tell you this, you, you like big news today, and you thought it was just one other thing, and then I really let you know the big news. So, so I don't know if we should just jump in.
0: Let's do it. What is it?
1: So Brad Smith is stepping down from Intuit CEO. But as CEO, he is. This is going to take place on January 1st, 2019. Uh, Sasan Gudarzi is going to replace him as CEO uh the cto is actually uh, taylor stansbury is actually stepping down as well and i know some people are really excited because uh we're now going to have a female chief technology officer oh Um, wow marina i forgot marina's last name i'm gonna blow it watch me marina uh, mariana tessel sorry about that mariana tessel is gonna be she's gonna so we're gonna have a female cto which is really cool and kind of a testament to brad smith's legacy and the culture of intuit which is really really great
0: brad smith He's been at Intuit for eleven years running the show. I mean, was he there before? Must have been uh, sixteen total.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: So he's at there eleven years and basically, uh, you know, guided Intuit shifting from a desktop software company to being online in the cloud global platform, which is kind of incredible that he was able to accomplish that in you know just about a decade.
1: It's been a, a lot of change, and just watching Brad grow has been amazing. Yeah, right. As command as a CEO, and like full circle, like he, I think at one time managed the Intuit developer network back when it was called IDN years ago. He actually managed that team early on in the iteration. So he's been you know pushing for platforms and developers and apps for a while.
0: And who's this guy that's going to be taking over for him? Uh,
1: Sasan Gudarzi. Uh, he um, so. About a year ago, Intuit did a a VP division swap, if you want to call it that. So, Dan Warnikoff took over all of TurboTax, and Sasan, who was running TurboTax, took over all of the QuickBooks side. So, Intuit has like two major divisions, right? Uh-huh. TurboTax. And then, so, they swapped, and they ran each other's divisions for a while. And then, um, so, Sasan's done TurboTax for years, and now he's done QuickBooks the last, I, fe- it already feels like a quick two years. I feel like Sasan's been running the QuickBooks division. Uh-huh. And so, Sasan is now um, in, you know, obviously, Brad's mentored him, and Sasan's uh, ready to take the charge for the the future I think he's our sixth CEO.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what he's accomplished. Um, uh, you know, running QuickBooks Online. This this Wall Street Journal article I'll put in the show notes says that uh for the year ended July 31st, QBO's subscriber base grew 38 percent to 2.6 million, while non-U.S. subscribers grew 62 percent to 800 thousand. It's pretty fantastic growth there. And uh some more stats there. Overall company revenue was up seventeen percent in the most recent quarter to almost a billion dollars. Nine hundred eighty-eight million. And that was that was helped by a twenty percent rise in the small business division's revenue. So that is clearly working for Intuit.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, QuickBooks Online's now it says three point four million online oh. subscribers, which is just it's we're starting. I think we've talked about this and we've talked about it plenty of times. Like we've tipped, right? Like the We are at mass numbers now of people using online accounting software. Um, And so it's just going to keep going. Like, I don't see a slowdown in this at all.
0: So, so David, Brad Smith is not the only high profile Intuit employee to be departing the company.
1: Uh, Yes, I am also leaving Intuit. What? Um, Yes. Yes. After 21 years, I have made the decision to leave. Um, I, it's really, uh. Me pursuing a lot of new opportunities. At first, I'm going to step back. Like I'm just going to play Madden football all day on Monday, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm completely checking out. Um, I'm going to get used to not having an inbox. Um, I'm going to really check out. I mean, I'll I'll still do this with you, right? We'll call and we'll do this. But I'm really going to check out and just kind of reassess um, what's next, right? Um, It's been an amazing journey. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of tears this week. Right. This is was not an easy decision, but I'm really do uh, I'm really forward to what's next on the road. I I suspect I mean, I'm not doing anything crazy. Right. I'm not taking another job tomorrow or anything like that. Um, I'm not going to go to work for another huge company in in our space, but I suspect I'll wind up in our space just because. It's the only space I know, mm-hmm. right? Um, I do plan on writing some long, sentimental, historically significant LinkedIn posts, <laughs> um, sometime today or this weekend, and uh, yeah, and captured kind of just 21 years of emotion and thoughts and history. You know, um, people said I should write a book, you know, like uh, we'll call it Transaction History Report or something <laughs> like that and put it up, but yes, yeah, so the so, yes, more news. Um, yeah, there's been a you know, major exits. Um, I'm very honored. It's, it's kind of amazing timing. I'm very honored to be going out on the day Brad announced it as well.
0: Yeah. Good. It's good timing. And, and you, you know, uh, deserve a lot of the credit for helping that small business division grow with being the, you know, ecosystem evangelist for quick QBO, right? Like, I mean, how many integrations were, were built in the time that you were doing that?
1: Um, I, the first three, I mean, it was like Bill.com, Mavenlink, and um, Shoeboxed, who I think just got acquired. We had three apps. Yeah, and
0: so you had three apps, and now there's like over 600.
1: Yeah, yeah. quickapps.com, depending on how, how you count and what day you count yeah. on, it's pushing 600. And then there's another like 2,700 to 3,000 that integrate with QuickBooks Online as well that are like, I call them in funnel. Like one day they'll be on apps.com
0: eventually. Oh, that's amazing. What a crazy 10-year run. That has had. So, David, there's some more uh, news. And this, I guess this episode has a theme of like big software company news, right? And um, something that you brought to my attention was a story about Sage Group. Deutsche Bank downgraded uh, Sage Group uh, on a- August 20th to a sell, and uh, the shares tumbled about 6.4%. Uh, Deutsche Bank's main criticism is that the competitive situation in Sage's core mid-market franchise appears to be worsening, quote unquote. And so that's the reason they're worried that entry-level players like Zero and Intuit, who focus on businesses that are just starting up, are going to move up market and build functionality uh, through either internally or through third-party platform partners and, and disrupt Sage's uh, core, uh, mostly desktop-based ERP market. And I thought it was interesting, actually, in this article here, um, and, and proactive investors that they mention the third-party platform partners, right? It shows that, that uh, like Deutsche Bank is aware of this ecosystem concept.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's almost, it's funny. So this article came out and like, I really, I almost suspect like one of them either listened to our podcast with Matt Paff a couple <laughs> weeks ago, or, or they read Matt Paff's blog post because essentially he was calling this out, out. like zero and two are kind of chipping away at mid-market and you better be ready. And obviously, the investors are recognizing that as a possibility as well. But yeah, I just we should have listening tracking. We should see if we had any listeners from Deutsche. Deutsche I, I wish Bank. we
0: could know. So if you're from Deutsche Bank and we influenced your uh, buy sell rating, let us know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> guess that that's not that not what's happening here. Just be a little modest. Um, okay,
1: okay. But Check. Well, the thing: that okay. I'm not.
0: That I don't <laughs> understand. Is so, so they 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 you know they're criticizing Sage's core mid market um, business, but like Sage bought intact. And the whole idea, I think, behind that was to give Sage a really strong cloud ERP accounting system in the mid-market that they could then go sell globally. And there's no mention of that at all in this article. So it's not clear to me whether or not Deutsche Bank is even aware that that's the plan.
1: No, that's, that's a good point, right? And then and this is the problem, I think, of news in general this, these days, right? So the downgrade happened, which is fine, right? But then that's the reported news. Like whoever wrote this article didn't take the time to do the rest of the news. Like we should look and see what Offering Sage yeah. has before I write an article and just yep. publish it. So well, and yeah. since
0: since uh, the twentieth, the uh, share price has recovered about half of that. So it seems like the the market is um, not quite as critical,
1: or they know a little bit more yeah. possibly.
0: So what else is new in uh, software?
1: Thomas Reuters, who's kind of a big legacy player, right in mid market, lots of. Lots of They have their legal division, but then they also have all their accounting software apps that they've bought over the years. Apparently, they're launching a cloud product now. So everybody's getting the cloud game.
0: So wait, so this is, it's called On Balance Express, and it's described in this article in Accounting Today as a cloud accounting application for small business. It sounds very, very much like a QuickBooks Online or a Zero. It's going to run from both computer web browsers and mobile devices. It's going to include customer tracking, vendor tracking, invoicing, online payments, expense tracking, banking, blah, blah, blah and a dashboard interface. Why are they doing this? I mean, according to the article, they did a survey
1: of small businesses and accountants and found out that people want to streamline processes. And I think they discovered, well, to do this, we need a cloud accounting app. I just don't know how much this is because I tried to go to the website and look at it. And there wasn't much for screenshots. There wasn't really an easy way to kind of sign. It wasn't a typical SaaS experience. where We could just sign up for a trial, give it a run. So yeah, I don't know how, how done is this? Or is this more just an announcement or is this like really a thing yet?
0: And I guess the value is that it's going to integrate with the other Thompson Reuters um, um, apps that accounting firms are already using, right? Ultra tax um, accounting CS, that sort of thing. But you know, accountants still are not the first place that businesses go, owners go when they're looking to implement software in the U S anyway. So Right. If, if if I'm if I'm a business owner, I'm looking to implement accounting software. I usually do that before I even have an accountant. If I'm starting a business, I go get the accountant later. So I don't know like how much business they're really going to get out of this, and our accountants really going to take the effort to onboard their clients onto these uh, platforms. I mean, maybe this is for big firms, right? If I mean if it's affordable enough for them, then they might just roll it out to their clients and say, here, here's some free accounting software. Right? We bundle it with our services.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. You just like, oh, we, here's something we offer to you for free. You can use QuickBooks or zero or some other product if you'd like. But here's one we just have because we we get it when we buy all the other stuff we get yeah. from Thompson. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to know for sure. It you know it's it sounds like a very basic level typical cloud accounting package, right? Where it's hey, it, it does some tracking vendors, it does a little bit of invoice, some online payments. You take a photo receipt with it. It's they, they've kind of hit all the yeah. check boxes. So I don't feel like there's anything revolutionary here happening. But you're right. It's it's um, and some part of it though is like welcome to the game, right? <laughs> like welcome yeah. you know, 10 years later. Hey. Yes, th- thank you for showing up finally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I have a feeling that the user experience is not going to be anything like what intuit or zero have developed after all of that effort. You're not going to build that in one day what took a decade to build. Oh, yeah. and, and it's
1: like I'm I was at the Intuit mothership yesterday and there's this huge barbecue they had outside, or whatever. And Thousands of people are working on QuickBooks online. Like, like it takes, there's an army of people mm-hmm. working on this. You know, it, 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 it's not like three engineers over ten years. It's an army of people to to build cloud yeah cloud and cloud I think, software.
0: Um, that's something that Xero had to learn when they came to the U.S., which is that they had a small developer team here in the U.S. building U.S. specific features, but like not nearly as many engineers as Intuit had um, uh, developing the product, and so. Uh, that's actually part of, of another article that I've got here in our series of, of big software company news. Um, this is in Financial Review, um, and it's called "The One ASX Company Bront Capital Thinks Could Be a One Hundred Billion Global Tech Giant." So, John Hempton of Bront Capital, he's an investor um, in Zero, and he thinks that Zero has a shot at being a hundred billion dollar company. Um, for a variety of reasons, right? This we all know. There's a huge market out there. It's a doubling every few years. A lot of opportunity. I think there's a lot of room for everybody to grow. Um, so that is not surprising to me. But one thing that he said, um, it was either in this article or in a follow up blog post, that was very interesting to me, is he calls out Zero for having made a huge strategic blunder by going to the United States before going to Europe, and he says that Zero should have gone to Europe first, left into it alone. Because ten years ago, Intuit was kind of sleepy, right? There was there was not much going on with QuickBooks Online, not a lot of uh, no no cloud accounting ecosystem or not much of one, right? And zero kind of woke up the sleeping giant, right? And and I have no idea, you know, way better than I do about the inner workings at Intuit and what happened, but it it just looked as an outsider, it seems to me like Brad Smith saw this threat and just totally turned the company around and and answered that threat to great benefit. Uh- yeah.
1: You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, I, I think um, this is going to be one of the major legacies of Brad. I mean, Brad set up a lot of legacies, right? And, and impacted so much change. But like this is maybe the single most important thing he did, because he pivoted into it to the future, and really set up into it to where it is today. But what drove that and Brad Smith will tell a story because Brad used to be at Pepsi mm-hmm. back in the day. And Pepsi and Coke were just staring at each other three inches from each other's face duking it out, Pepsi, Coke, Pepsi, Coke, take the Pepsi challenge, take the Coke challenge, right? In the meantime, bottled water, Snapple, um, Red Bull, all these drinks, alternatives, started popping up on the market. And Pepsi and Coke missed it. They just missed it. This disruption that was happening on the market. And then later on, they played catch up and acquired Powerade and all these other companies, right? But they just missed the disruption. And because Brad went through that experience, he was able to recognize this right away and mm-hmm. make changes that into it. If, 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 if it wasn't Brandon, it with was somebody else, you're right. It may we made into, it may never have pivoted and uh, adapted as fast as we did. Um, I remember talking to Jamie Sutherland. He used to be, he was the U S president mm-hmm. of zero Yep,
0: early the first. Yeah. yeah
1: we were at the LAX, uh, LAX accounting show early on. And this is when like every single person was coming up, you know, What's this cloud thing? I don't know if I trust cloud. So that's where we were in this space. And I remember sitting at the hotel bar, chatting with them for a couple of seconds. And I told them that I was like, "You came to the states too early. You woke us up." Like I remember, it's, I said, like, "You should just took over the whole world, and then came to the states later on." But from a numbers perspective, you said that article talks about them being they could be a hundred billion dollar company.
0: Yeah, because the the global opportunity right for for small business accounting is humongous, and it's something that uh, I think Intuit realizes. And zero is. Mm-hmm. Zero is, is bigger globally than Intuit by far, so it's going to be interesting to see who captures that untapped global market, right? The one that is still desktop that hasn't yet moved to cloud because a lot of countries are 10 years behind us.
1: Yeah, I think one way I've thought about these numbers a little bit, I mean, addressable market maybe is 54 million, right? Like for people that are really going to spend money on software and buy other SaaS apps, right? Um, it's probably easily 54 million for the mm-hmm. next six to 10 years. And let's say history repeats itself. Which means Intuit and QuickBooks gets eighty nine percent market share again. Second place, so let's say zero gets second place, you know, you could say, oh, they lost, but it still makes them bigger possibly like than Intuit <laughs> is right now today. Like that put that gives them like six million. Yeah. Small businesses using zero, yeah. and that's if they lose. So it just shows how big this space is. It, it's 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 gigantic still.
0: Well, and and there's a lot of opportunity for highly localized accounting applications. So um, I'll have to dig it up. I don't have it in front of me. Maybe we can talk about it next time. Uh, there was a story recently about an accounting software startup in uh, I believe Thailand, and they make accounting software similar to QuickBooks and Zero, but specifically for the needs of the Thai market. And this a similar one in Japan called Free, when they just raised something like sixty million dollars. So it's going to be interesting to see whether these local solutions develop and sort of take over that um, you know build a wall around themselves in those markets, or if Zero and Intuit are able to build a global empire.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about that is you go into each region. I think you know, Zero's probably learned this, and I know Intuit and QuickBooks to learn is, has learned this. Is like every time you go to a market, you need two things. You have to you need a payroll product, yes, right, yes, in that market. So that's always difficult. So you got to figure out a way to either build, which is super hard. I've even zero yep. discovered that in the states. You so you have to partner with somebody to get payroll, but then you have this back end tax and compliance side. And so you kind of need that as well. So you can't just it's I think the thought was just roll into a, a new market, roll out your accounting software and everything's going to work. But no, you have to every time you need to figure out a payroll solution and possibly back end tax type solutions and, and really do a lot of partnerships. So you're going to see that, that going forward, um, I think, a lot more a slower pace to these other regions, because that just takes time.
0: You, you either have to partner, like you said, or you have to have the resources of a. Multi-multi billion-dollar behemoth behind you, like like Netsuite and Oracle, right? Netsuite uh, has was U.S.-based for what sixteen years, really. I mean, they weren't going after the international market very aggressively. And correct, I could be wrong about that, but uh, the whole Oracle acquisition—a big reason for that was that Oracle is global and they have all these offices locally, and they can help Netsuite become localized and sell locally and and do that effectively and and developed all of these features that you need to be successful. Like for sales tax calculations are super complex in Asia, right? Or, or payroll or whatnot. And, And you can do that if you have, you know, thousands and thousands of engineers at your disposal and you can throw money at it. So it'll be interesting to see what works and what succeeds in the small business versus the midsize versus the enterprise.
1: Yeah, I feel like today, like we are like this week, we'll put down history. It's like like we've been building towards this week, I think, from a cloud accounting standpoint. Right. Um, And I know Roger recently made an exit, but like it's almost like cloud accounting V2 is now going to come out.
0: Yes, this is the end of the beginning. The first 10 years of cloud accounting are are done. Right. The early adopter phase is over.
1: Should we hurry up and go get this hashtag and trademark this Cloud Accounting 2.0? <laughs> should, should we jump all over this right now? It's all
0: yours, David. You better grab it before okay. this podcast gets well, published. We could can publish. call the episode
1: that. Yes, yeah, Cloud Accounting 2.0. But it's been a amazing week. Amazing, amazing week. Like, uh, it's, I think you said you had a little forecast news, too, so we don't forget. I forgot you mentioned that.
0: So I'm going to be in New York uh, in September, and I just wanted to let everyone know who's listening who is in the New York City area uh, that they are invited to a Flowcast event. We're going to be at the Stack Overflow offices. Stack Overflow is an amazing website for programmers where they can share knowledge with each other, and they are a Flowcast customer, so they've generously just offered to host us at their offices in, um, in Manhattan. We'll be there on September 13th doing a panel discussion uh, about best practices for the month and close so if you're a controller cfo and you've got a uh, mid-size organization that you're managing you're running or you've got a startup that you are is quickly growing um, you might want to come and hear some great learnings from uh, some folks so we've got uh, the vp of finance at stack overflow the controller from hellofresh the assistant controller at oscar health and um Um, a senior manager from CFGI and of course our CEO will be there Mike and uh, I'll be there as well so I'll put that link in the show notes to register Uh, all controllers and accountants are welcome to join us
1: I have nothing to do maybe I'll fly to New York City
0: on a whim and and sit in (laughs) come come join us it'll be fun flights are cheap to New York City
1: I think uh yeah I think there's there's definitely direct from Phoenix there might be one from Tucson by the fall time I think as well um Account text was this week as well. Did you oh, attend yeah.
0: that? No, I couldn't make it. Uh, Did I, you see
1: any news from that? Like, it feels like it was a very quiet event.
0: Yeah, no big announcements that I'm aware of. But again, I'm kind of like the Rip Van Winkle. I didn't. I didn't even know about into it until this morning. So oh,
1: that's great. I, I think that's it this week. Uh, hopefully, next week's a little bit more of a breather week. Uh, maybe we'll get into some other uh, oddball news and uh, less massively industry changing news. Hopefully, next week, blah. We'll a- yeah.
0: Yeah, it would be, be surprising if that happened two, two shows in a row so David if folks want to get in touch with you and uh, give you feedback on the show tell you what to talk about where should they reach you
1: Uh, Definitely on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, At David Leary. And possibly, I swear I'm going to write some long form novel on LinkedIn. Okay. And I'd suggest you jump on LinkedIn. Find me there. I'm David Leary on on LinkedIn as well.
0: Yep. And I'm uh, at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter. And I am uh, getting more and more a fan of LinkedIn. I don't know. I just find the feed to be good. So uh, look me up on uh, LinkedIn, Blake Oliver, And uh, there aren't too many Blake Olivers, but if you type in accountant, I will absolutely pop up.
1: Perfect. And with that said, we will close out with the uh, introduction of cloud accounting 2.0.
0: It's the, the, wait, the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning. All right. Awesome. Have a great week, David. Bye everybody. Bye everybody.
1: Bye.